Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. I am Alex and this week I'm joined by Chris Tilly. Bonjour. And Kez McDonald. Hello. Now, Kez McDonald, you've been locked inside a room playing a game that everybody wants to know about. Yeah, I'm doing the IGN Grand Theft Auto 5 review, innit? You've finished it? I have finished it. I'm not allowed to say anything about what I think of the game. What's the ending like? <laughs> I'm not allowed to say tell, anything tell about what, what I think happens. of the game. Um, no, at, seriously, don't tell me At the end of the game, they, they all buy a hamburger franchise together and live happily ever after. Hmm. That's not what happens at the end of the game. I'm, I know that because Rockstar's snipers haven't just shot me in the head from afar. Well, that's only because we're in a room with no windows. That's true. Second I get out of here. walk out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been, it's been, um, it's been great. It's, uh, so the last six days I've basically just been shut away from all human people. It's a hard life, isn't it? It is. It's a difficult, difficult job that we do. Yeah. So but when's it out? Next Tuesday. Game is so out Tuesday. Tuesday. The review goes live Monday afternoon, 3 p.m.? 3 p.m. UK, UK time, time everybody. So keep your peepers Have a look that at that, their video boy. game review. Obviously, it doesn't include Grand Theft Auto Online because that's not That goes live yet. two weeks later. Yes. But we do have some news for Grand Theft Auto Online later on. Indeed, we do. Uh, Chris, you've been up to some strange stuff, apparently. Well, yeah. <laughs> I kind of went to a screening last night that, in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have gone to. I don't know. I went to the world premiere of the Def Leppard live in concert movie. Right. And Interesting. I'm not, well, I'm not a massive Def Leppard fan. Did you get all up in spandex? I didn't really think it through. I wasn't wearing spandex, but two of the band were there. Were right? they in spandex? Joe Elliott and Rick Savage. <laughs> and they introduced it, but they were really late on stage. And so to keep us happy, they just kept bringing us beer. And so it was, a, it was all a bit confusing. Right. And but what is it? Like an hour and a half's worth of, of Def one, Leppard Basically one, a couple of gigs where they played their landmark album Hysteria from start to finish. Classic rock. <laughs> and I guess to watch one of those films where a band plays an album from start to finish, you need to be a proper fan of the band. Yeah. It's not like a greatest hit set. <laughs> so, <laughs> Also, why now? Um, because they wanted it recorded for posterity before they got too old. Well, they should have done it 15 years ago. Probably they couldn't then, could they? <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, if you're a Def Leppard fan, I thoroughly recommend Viva Hysteria. <laughs> they, um, they were playing at E3 two years ago. Sorry, not two, well, a year and a half ago. They were playing at the Blues, I can't remember what the name is. House of Blues. Kitchen. House of Blues, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Blues, the Blues Utility Room <laughs> next to the hotel in LA. And it would have been great to get tickets because I think they'd be a great live band. Yeah, I mean, that guy, can, his voice is like exactly as it is from the records 30 right. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're pros. Yeah. But yeah. Have they still got the one-armed drummer? They certainly do. And he was wearing, uh, he came out from behind his drum kit at the end of the gig to bow, and he was just wearing little little Union Jack pants. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How old is he now? <laughs> he quite funny to me. Not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. One arm and Union Jack pants. <sighs> good job he wasn't a goalie. What? What? Because well, he's only got one arm? Yeah. Wow. What? <laughs> Anyway, Sorry about that. Let's, let's quickly move on to the news and uh, good news for Harry Potter fans. Yay! Yeah, I saw, this, I saw this sort of come out. This came out of nowhere, really. And I guess it is really big news if you're, if you're a fan of J.K. Rowling or Harry Potter because um, she's going back to the beast. She is um, writing her first ever film script um, based on one of the spin-off Harry Potter books called uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yay! Um, if you read it, Keza. I've read it actually, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. It was a Hogwarts textbook, was it not? Yes. Yeah. Um, the film will be an original story centered on the supposed author of that book, Newt Scamander, 
Um, and J.K. Rowling will write the film herself, making a screenwriting debut. So I haven't read the book, but I'm assuming that the book isn't a sort of fictional tale. It's as a. It's like an accompaniment. It's, it's like a Hogwarts textbook. Yeah, so, so but um, it reads film, like presume, it would be a textbook yeah, that so you'd the, get from school rather than it being following the story of somebody or other, right? So the film, I presume, is going to be following the story of, its, of it being written. Right, right. Kind of so, like, you know so how Wonderbook followed the story of the yeah. person who wrote the book of, whoever it was, the beginner's book of spells? But this is, so therefore this is completely new. It's, it's based on that book, but the screenplay would be completely new. Yeah, it will be set in the worldwide community of witches and wizards. Sorry, this is a J.K. Rowling quote. Yeah. Uh, where I was so happy for 17 years. Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Really, seventeen years. Seventeen. Well, since you started the first book, I guess so. Wow. Um, God, that makes me feel kind of old, man. It's neither a sequel nor a prequel to the Harry Potter series, but an extension of the Wizarding World. The laws and customs of the hidden magical society will be familiar to anyone who has read the Harry Potter books or seen the films. But Newt's story will start in New York seventy years before Harry's gets underway. Mm. Interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, because any, I guess they do hint at uh, other Wizarding worlds when they do the. Uh, try thingy cup I can't remember what it's called the triwizard cup yeah yeah because most of the time it's really restricted to it's very Britain. English yeah. yeah it's very English yeah and uh, so when they when the all the all the good dudes come from um, Durmstrang and the other wizarding place in like France and wherever it is Russia Amazing. Eastern Europe somewhere <laughs> it's been really probably 10 years since I've read know, Harry Potter it's been Potter. a long time yeah <laughs> when they call, all come in it kind of um it was a shock, actually. I remember at the time thinking, oh, of course wizards would exist everywhere. Yeah. Of yeah. course they would. So yeah. New York is cool. That's a cool idea. Do you know how Newt directly links to the Harry Potter stories? One of the most popular characters in them. What's the surname? Um, oh, yeah, good point. Newt Scamander. No, I don't. Newt's grandson, Rolf, marries Luna Lovegood. Ah. Ooh. There you go. Rolf. Rolf. Dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it'll be developed across video games, consumer products and digital initiatives. So this is going to be a whole new... Wheel it out. Milk it. And it's going to be a franchise, yeah. It's going to be a series, so... So when's that out? Uh, they've got no date yet. I guess you've got to start writing the script. A couple of years, maybe. Right. Sure it'll do well? Yeah, I think so. Although, having said that, I kind of... Part of me wants to just to leave it well enough alone. Like, it's a perfect little... But it is a great world. Yeah, and, and there's so much more potential beyond Harry Potter yeah. in, in that wizarding universe. I mean, Star Wars was a great world, wasn't it? And then they went back to the well. It might still yeah, then, be a great world. Also, like in Star Wars, you've had things like Knights of the Old Republic and Clone Wars and all these other cool spin-off things that weren't like, you know, the, the, the original films or mm. the prequels. Yeah, the, the, the prequel um, movies did somewhat kind of sully the name of Star Wars a bit, though, didn't it? Well, I We've moaned about it for to 200 be, podcasts on here. To be fair, I don't think it was just the prequels. It's just... Yeah, the overuse of Star Wars. I remember when Star Wars, you'd see a new piece of Star Wars merch, you go, Well, that's cool. There's so much of it everywhere now. It's just mm-hmm. licensed to everybody. And it's like, yeah. The animated Clone Wars series was pretty good. Like all the Yodaphone adverts. Oh, the Yodaphone <laughs> adverts, just the little bit of me dies inside every time I see one. Also, because the service is so bad. You should be on 4G <laughs> at least, right? <laughs> anyway. Cool. So I guess we'll be covering that for the next 10 years. Absolutely. Uh, GTA Online launches October the 1st. Very, very details. We've got new stuff from Leslie Benzies, who's Mr. Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Head of Rockstar in Edinburgh. In Edinburgh. So he's basically said that it's going to be the best thing ever in the history of time. Funny that. Yeah. Uh, So he's uh, basically said they've been working on the idea since Grand Theft Auto 3, 
which lends credence to the notion that other famous GTA locales like Liberty City will one day be available mm. in GTA Online. He's also said um, it's got the complexity of a single-player Grand Theft Auto game with the addition of real players, where people can get spend years playing without getting bored or having to play the same content over and over. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, as part of our GTA week, we never actually saw the online component. No, we've not so seen it. Ryan saw it in the US. But there's, it's going to launch with 500 missions. Wow. Like scripted proper missions. across the entire city. Yeah. And the, and the map for that leaked earlier this week, and it is vast. Can't say. So. Can't say anything. It may well, or may it, not it be leaked. vast. <laughs> it leaked. May or not, it might be, might be tiny for all you know. Right. It, <laughs> according to the map that leaked, it's vast. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. It also says it's just some cool things that you can do within the game. Like, there will be a lot of familiar faces from the GTA universe incorporated into the missions, but then also... Um, it will populate it with your friends and crew members and then also include players of a similar skill level from your geographic region. So is it 16 players online? It's 16 players in every instance, I think, of the game. That city is a very big city for for 16 players, so I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Presumably we'll have NPCs. No, oh, yeah, like exactly. It's not just, the streets aren't going to be deserted. <laughs> totally deserted. But still, if you want to get from one bit to the next to find your mate, that could still be quite a drive. But the thought of playing the whole of basically everything that's in Grand Theft Auto V, but with five mates or 15 mates. I've only got... I'm, in fact, I haven't got any mates. You haven't got any mates, I'm no, sorry. No. Well, you'll just have to do it with acquaintances. Or people of your similar scale level from your geographic region. Maybe people <laughs> I've never met before that are just fancy game of GTA. Maybe that. But you can do... Um, uh, all the stuff you can do in the main game, says Benzies, like heists, robberies, assaulting gang hideouts, hijacking armored vehicles, races, tennis, golf, base jumping, the whole lot. It's things like that. Like when you see that in context, like Payday 2, great mm. game, mm. but it does one component of GTA. I don't know whether it does it better or worse, and we can't discuss that right now, but it just shows you the scale of how big GTA is and what it's trying to do, because that's it does that. And then all this other stuff, and has an entire city. And I, remember, I remember saying, the other. When, they were, when they were like, we're not talking about the online yet, and there was yeah. that gameplay trailer that showed like a tiny snippet of it at the yeah, end. Right I remember end, thinking, yeah. have they just made a Grand Theft Auto MMO, just, just, while they were, yeah. just while they were, you know, in their spare time, while they were making one of the biggest and most expensive video games of all time? Have they also just made a GTA MMO? Looks like they have. Yeah. How it brilliant. Is, is exciting. By the way, uh, we have started our own crew. It's the IGN UK Bruisers, if you fancy being part of the most badass crew in GTA 5. The Bruisers. I would, warn you, I would warn you never to get in a car with me. I suck at driving. Wow, driving's really easy because you stick to the road. Like, God knows what you're like in a helicopter. <laughs> I can drive planes pretty good. I, I, drive I can do. Planes, I, drive, I can drive planes. <laughs> Why are we called the Bruisers? I don't know. Tommy Topbance is the, uh, is the ringleader. He came up with it. He's, he's the gang leader. I'm uh, I'm part of the second tier, but Tommy is the one that pulls all the strings. <laughs> He's the godfather. <laughs> he is. So, the puppet master. Yep. <laughs> the good thing about it is, and uh, Krupa was telling me about this morning, is that if you do a bank raid or you uh, a robbery or whatever and you've got your money, you have to deposit that money into an ATM yeah. for it to be safe. Otherwise people can just take it off you. So we were talking about like Will, who's one of our colleagues, who is currently underneath us. He's like, we're captains and he's like, you know, Ground, ground level troops do, get, him to, get him to do a, a raid gun to the head nick his money <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this will watch your back that would be classic <laughs> uh, apple news and there's two new iphones the iphone s and the iphone c now the s is uh, exactly as we would have imagined it's a slightly better version than the 5 which came out a year ago is it called um, the 5s or it's is called it just the 5S. called the s oh, okay 5s yeah 
so it comes in new colours. Champagne, silver, and black. No, it doesn't come in black anymore. So, sorry, gold. It's not champagne. It's called gold. Gold, gold iPhone. That's a bit. That's a bit much. Isn't it's it? not like proper bling gold. It's kind of like <laughs> not matte got diamante encrusted. No, but still, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But new stuff, better processor, better camera, dual LED flash, and uh, it's got a fingerprint sensor now, rather than you know you tapping your four-digit number to access. Oh, All right, so nobody can nobody can get into it unless they've got your finger. Yeah, what happens if you? I don't know. Muggings. Sandpaper your finger by accident. I'm just looking forward to all the muggings where people are missing thumbs. Mm, that's not going to be very nice. But again, if the, if the big selling point of this new phone is it's got a fingerprint sensor, does that excite you? I remember when the uh, when laptops started doing that thing yeah. where you had to run your finger over as a password, and I thought that looks cool for about two minutes, and then and then never watching used everybody it. just. The finger not working, <laughs> yeah. not working, not I working. I like the ability to make all your purchases just by pressing your thumb rather than having to type in bank details and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but it will, it will make life simpler and easier. But I've always thought the S's of and and it's exactly what they are is a stopgap. I just think oh no, I agree, I quite agree. Um, you know, the, the C makes more sense, and I'll talk about the C in a minute. Um, but it just feels like yeah, you did kind of innovation and the look and everything with the, the five. Um, it's an iteration, isn't it? It is really? an iteration, yeah. yeah. And I, I must admit, of all the phone, iPhones that I've had, the 5 is my least favourite. Why? Not, well, the battery life battery absolutely life. stinks. It's, it's such a big problem. Um, but also, I look after my phone and it's still scratched really, really badly. Like mm. the, the 4 uh, was really durable and uh, like I didn't have any cracks or scratches or anything like that. But this one, even if you look after it, all the, the edges like wear off and that kind of stuff so um the new one has got 10 percent better battery life but still i don't think that's good enough 10 no. percent. yeah is that an extra hour probably not even that yeah poor um and then so the, the iphone c is the budget version although if you buy it out of contract it's still over 400 pounds <laughs> so that's <laughs> budget iphone yeah um but it's kind of it comes in a variety of colors green blue yellow pink white uh, plastic rather than metal casing, although there is metal inside which works as the antenna. And basically, that's kind of more like the existing 5. So I actually think that is the most interesting of the two phones out there. But then it's not budget enough for you to buy for your teenager. No, or... but again, they haven't announced prices on contract yet. So that's the kind of key, right? Mm. If if you can pick that up and it's only uh, 50 quid, 30 quid or something with a reasonable contract, then that becomes you know, interesting. Yeah. Although, you, can, you know, you can get a lot of iPhones for free. Now. It's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you can pick up a five uh, on a reasonable contract for very little at all, so. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big Apple fan and I was a bit kind of nonplussed by it all. Yeah, it felt like a global shrug, really. Yeah. yeah. Nothing to get excited about. Well, no, no reason to, to upgrade if you don't. No. No reason to pay for an upgrade in this in this instance. No. So... I don't know, we'll see. I'm sure they will still fly off the shelves. There was people in New York queuing for it before it had even been announced, which is like, why? So that would have been probably, I think it was tail end of last week they were queuing. And it's not out to the 20th. So they would have been queuing for like two and a half weeks. It's crazy. Why? Do you know about the guy who queues for every single Nintendo console and he's legally changed his name to Triforce Johnson? What? I don't know. A legend. <laughs> He's queued for every, I think every console since the GameCube he's queued for. 
<laughs> he, it's always him. It's always a picture of him with his new console that's the, the first person to have it. Why do women's shoes have to be so loud? I don't know. I'm not sure if you can hear that, listeners, but yeah. there is, like, we've got a tap dancer outside yeah. of our studio right now. Because our studio is right next to the corridor and, and people clop up and down it. In- is Roy Castle dead? He is, isn't he? Yeah. yeah Tommy Steele, he's still going. Is Bruce it? Forsyth. There you go. All relevant to our audience. You've totally lost me now. I have no idea what you're talking about. I wrote about Bruce Forsyth on the website last week. You know who Bruce Forsyth is. I know who he is, but why is that relevant to... Because he tap dances. Oh, I didn't know that. See? Demographics. I wrote about him on the site for the first time ever last week. Why? Um, Because it was a bit of a stupid story, really. Betty White. You know Betty White of the Golden Girls? No, but okay. She entered the Guinness Book of Records uh, having the longest ever entertainment career. Right. Which was, I think, 74, 74 years. Wow. And she equals Bruce Forsyth, who's on 74 years as well. And he's still going, right? Is she they're still both going? still going. Oh, yeah, they're both yeah. still going. She's okay. in a sitcom at the moment. She's like 88 or something. How old is he? Uh, 112. He looks old. <laughs> and also, because uh, I can't stand those Saturday night TV programs. What's yeah. the one that he does with Tess Daly? Is it Strictly d- Come Dancing. Dancing or whatever, yeah. Yeah. The jokes and stuff that he comes out with, you just think like... Just, it's like sub-Eurovision, If he was it? an animal, he would have been put down a few years ago. Well, no, I've never... I don't watch him either, but I've never met anyone that watch, who watches them but actually likes him on them. Right. But I think they're just too scared to sack him in case it does what's, him in. What's wrong with his jokes? Are, he, is they, well, they're not are they, funny. Are they not, just not funny or are they a bit racist? No, no, no. Not <laughs> it's not like that. No, not at all. I think also he's just a little bit doddery. Like your granddad at Christmas. Like, he's a little bit like awkward pauses and stuff yeah, he's like that. Yeah, he's a little that. bit uh, awkward, old and confused now. So it's not like the sharp guy that he was 20 no. years ago. Oh, it's, no. But he's still, I think in his mind, he still thinks he is that person. Oh, that's sad. It's a bit awkward. Oh, it is awkward, yeah. Should we po- talk about more positive TV? <laughs> yes. Uh, a more positive role model is Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad, who's getting his own spin-off. Uh, this has been talked about for months. Vince Gilligan was talking about this back in April, that his next project he'd like to be is, is a, a show uh, revolving around the lawyer Saul. And um, yeah, he's got the green light this week. So um, it looks like it's going to go to series. They won't need to shoot a pilot for it. To... So is it a series? I thought it was just an hour prequel. Yeah, no, it's, it's a series. Radical. Um, yeah, and it's definitely a prequel now, so... Are you excited by that? I'm not, but I think that come six months' time, I'm going to have withdrawal symptoms from Breaking Bad and really miss it, and it might be nice to revisit some of the characters because there's no reason you can't have a few of the characters in this one because mm. he's obviously worked with various people Is it in the Vince show. Gilligan that's writing it? Um, well, what I, I listened to a lot of Vince Gilligan podcasts in the last few months, last yeah. month or so. So um, the guy that created the character because he's got a team of like six writers who take in turns to write episodes. And one guy came up with Saul and introduced him and writes a lot of his dialogue. So he's going he's gonna to be involved as a producer and a writer, but he's going to give the show to this guy as it's, right. his, as it's his baby. Right. So that's what he was actually saying. He wants all of his writers to get their own shows because he thinks they're all brilliant. And I wouldn't disagree, really. Yeah. Have we talked about this week's episode of Breaking Bad yet? Uh no the not, la- obviously not the we can't have it in the last podcast can we because it didn't come out have you, have you yeah. ever seen it uh, I'm completely up to date yes yeah, are you good. up to date yeah holy shit it was really good I'm so 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 excited about the end of the series I don't really want to talk about it because no. a lot of people probably haven't seen it it's very oh, okay. good though oh, that's a shame if you haven't seen it I think when when the finale ends yeah. then we'll do we'll a do a spoiler chat we'll do a big spoiler chat that'd be great I was holding my breath for so long at the end of that I thought I might pass out it was crazy 
I'm looking forward to seeing a Saul Goodman prequel. Like, at first I was like, oh no, now we know that Saul survives the series, but it's a prequel. So Saul could still not survive the series. But, I mean, this is a quote from Vince a while ago. Uh, before he said whether it was a prequel or sequel, he said, I like to think of Sol as a cockroach in the best possible way. This is a guy who's going to survive while the rest of us have been nuked into annihilation. He'll be the worst dressed cockroach in the world. Annihilation. Annihilation, sorry. <laughs> is, that, is that a state just outside Texas or something? Annihilation. <laughs> so make of that what you will, but um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be hard to kill Sol. Inhale, yeah. exhale. And, and just a, an additional thing, they announced the new Doctor Who. Um, uh, episode is going to be called The Day of the Doctor it'll premiere on Saturday November 23rd it's going to be feature length well 75 minutes and as we already knew it's going to have Matt Smith David Tennant Jenna Coleman Billy Piper and John Hurt so three doctors be interesting and that's the poster great for your listeners to see in the um, story oh it's got Matt Smith as you just said so So we've got Tennant and Smith are the two main focal points of that poster then yes so um, we are going to, as in the lead up to that, we're going to start ramping up some Doctor Who content to look out for that coming up. And yeah. I'm sure there'll be lots more to say about that for all our Who fans. Do you think Matt Smith is the best Doctor ever? Me? Well, I've, I've watched three episodes of Doctor Who in my life. There you go. You're an expert. Uh, <laughs> I think he's really good. I have yeah. to go for David Tennant because he's Scottish, obviously. That's... He's, he's probably my favourite of the, the kind of modern The recent ones, ones yeah. 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 I love Peter Davidson, though. Right. Who's your favourite? I really like Matt Smith. Yeah. I like... Uh, th- even the bad episodes, I found found them watchable because he was so entertaining. Because um, I thought he had the, the balance of being kind of a little bit... Like, David Tennant was a bit sort of slapstick and comedy, but I thought Matt Smith carried it off a bit better. I've yeah. probably said this before on the podcast, but Matt Smith looks and acts uncannily like my ex-boyfriend from a while back, which kind of puts me off watching him in Doctor Who. Mm. It's just a bit like watching crazy. No, you didn't. Want, you don't want to watch crazy adventures of somebody who looks a lot like your ex on the television, do you? Uh, <laughs> Generally, no. No, maybe not. I'm trying to think if I've got an ex that looks like anyone. <laughs> no. Anyone at all? Can't think of anyone. No. Unique face. So uh, Deborah Meaden. Who what? what? <laughs> who? <laughs> One of the women on Dragon's Den. <laughs> do you know what? I've never oh. seen an episode of Dragon's Den. <laughs> just as well. <laughs> I just burned you. <laughs> I'm not very hot. <laughs> Again, you just burned yourself. Why? I'm not very hot. Moving on. This is excellent. Wow. wow. <laughs> the talking, the the new Sony stuff happened this week. They've announced some new products. A new Vita. Yeah. Uh, called the Vita. <laughs> so it's, well, it's just a new Vita called the but, Vita. But they don't really do like they come up with like. Subnames for them, don't they? Like the PS4000 or something like that. They don't actually give it, call well, it the, the Vita small or anything. They did that edible one as well, didn't they? The Rye Vita. Amazing. <laughs> oh, come on. You could see that, like that so that far quite away. It's quite good, though. <laughs> you could see it so far off. Look, Rich, Rich in the sound booth, loving it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this, uh, according to Sony, is a more casual and easier to use model of the PlayStation Vita. So I don't really know what they mean by that. Smaller screen. I, I think it's got a small like, screen. It wasn't as if the, the, the last one was hard to use. I think that's a funny, like an easier to use model. Like the buttons were really tough. All the on buttons the last have one. been replaced. Exactly. Just by one touch screen. Yeah. Everything you do in any game can be accomplished by pressing the touch screen. So it's thinner, 20% thinner. It's lighter. And like the iPhone C, 5C, it comes in different colours. 
Most of them garish. Yeah. Five inch LCD uh, display in lieu of the OLED display. So it's not as good as the front one. But the battery life is better by now. Which oh, so the screen's good. not smaller, it's just different? Uh, well, it's five inch LCD. I must admit, I don't know the size mm. of the Vita one. Um, but so it comes out in Japan October 10th so is that when you're there uh, it's just just after I come back right so uh, equivalent of well, it's, uh, just under 19,000 yen which is about $190 how much would that be for the UK I don't know but I don't know are you excited by that I've got a Vita like I don't know why you would want a cheaper Vita like the whole point of the Vita is that it's really premium yeah you know the good thing is it comes with storage now, built built in storage, but only oh, and one gig. They also announced 64 gigabyte Vita memory cards. One gig of storage. One gig built in. That is pathetic. That's not even a game, is it, on Vita? Probably not, no. Um, but also, other news. They came up with the uh, Vita TV. This is the smart thing. What does it do, Keza? So it's like a little Apple TV box that can play PS Store games. That you plug straight into your telly. Yeah. I think it connects to a DualShock, right? Uh, yes. So if you buy a DualShock and you buy that, so it's like, and it's, and it's really, really cheap. Uh, well, it's, it promises to be around 100 bucks. So $100. So, yeah. I mean, once you add on Europe tax, probably It'll be 100, 100 pounds. pounds, but otherwise I'm 60 quid. going to come back to that in a minute. So uh, the other thing that it does, if you've got your PS4 set up downstairs, for example, you can have a PS Vita upstairs and play your, your PS4 games on the telly upstairs through it. That is very smart. Which is pretty cool. It's PS4 presumably has to be on downstairs. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. And it has to have the game in it. <laughs> so it's, it's, still, like, it's still sitting it's there whirring away. <laughs> it's not magic. I wish it's it was magic. It's just streaming. That's all it's doing. It's like, goodness. <laughs> the, um, the other thing about it is that uh, the, it's, it has access to the Sony Entertainment Network, right? Yeah. So you can watch films and yeah. buy music on it and stuff. Yeah, I, I must admit, I thought Apple TV was a great invention. But then I've got one at home and I never, ever use it. It's because Netflix happened... Well, it also, my TV has got so much stuff built in already. Mm. Like that has got Netflix in it. It's got all of you know um, iPlayer, all that kind of stuff is built in. Um, and all and since I've yeah upgraded my TV, I use well, in fact, consoles, all that kind of stuff, a lot less for things outside of their core. Um, so you use like the Netflix app on your TV now yeah. rather than the one on your three sixty yeah. or because the iPlayer is great uh, on it. Um, like, why have something else connected to it that? Uh, that doesn't do that. What kind of TV you got? It's just like a Samsung. So has the feedback around this Vita TV been positive? The Vita TV is really, really exciting. Yeah. The problem is, currently, it's not coming to anywhere outside of Japan, oh. which is rubbish. Although Shuhei Yoshida has said it's coming first to Japan and put like arrows around the first, but no official announcement of anywhere else. It would be ludicrous if it didn't come out elsewhere. Well, so... so uh, Andrew House said, and this is a story that went up uh, overnight, mm-hmm. uh, currently they're only targeting China, South Korea, and Japan. Its future in the United States and Europe remains uncertain. Dun, dun, dun. So would you say that it's incorrect to say that a ridiculous amount of comments all over the web from people saying this is a stupid idea and it will kill the Vita? Mm. Uh, that not I, I, I have not that. seen that. Like, I, I don't know. I, I do think... Because Greg Wright, I was going to say, Greg Wright emailed in saying that he's seen quite a few, quite a lot of negativity around it and he thinks it's a great idea. Yeah, but that's because ugh, people just... Whenever you do a, a story on PlayStation or Xbox, you get fans of the other console that come on board and kick it for no other reason. And I actually do think it's a very smart idea. Um, mm. 
especially for you know enabling you to play PS4 uh, in other rooms. I think that's a really yeah. really smart idea. So for for people who are like like us who are excited about the PS4, it's about being a PS4 extender. Basically, yeah. that's that's the cool thing about it. The one downer but of for, it is though, it's only 720p. Oh really? And obviously the whole point of PS4 is yeah. that it's 1080p, interesting, 60 frames a second, etc. But then the the for so, most people who aren't us, like yeah. people who maybe can't afford a PS4 or who don't want to spend that amount of money or for, on a PS4, it's much more intriguing then because it's basically like a really entry level games console. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. you know, like what OnLive was supposed to be, or like what Ouya you know is attempting to be. Like it's, it's got like built in storage. I believe so. Yeah. Because yeah, surely you need to download those games to somewhere. I presume eventually it's going to work with Gaikai, like with Cloud. Mm. Like mm. that would be. I mean, if I were Sony, I'd be launching this now and building up the infrastructure, and yep. then launch it with. By the way, here's every single game on PS4 network. Yeah, Pay a subscription, you can stream all of it. It's 720p. It's not as good. If you want yep. the really good version, get the PS4. Yep. That would so, be my. Yeah, I, that would I, be, think I think. It's, I think it's very do. smart. So does Greg. He says it's a cheap console that provides access to PS1 games, PSP games, most of the PS Vita library, video streaming services, internet browsing, and makes your PS4 playable on another TV wirelessly. Does he work for Sony? (laughs) (laughs) He's a big fan. Thanks for that, Greg. There you go. So the the one question it does raise, though, is Tokyo Game Shows next week. (laughs) What are they going to announce? Is that it? Uh, Entire press conference on The Last Guardian. You think? (laughs) No, of course not. But something's got to happen about The Last Guardian. Uh, Is it dead? I think that sometimes it's difficult to understand that sometimes things just don't work out, especially when you look at... I was talking to a friend about Shadow of the Colossus this week, mm. and he linked me to a huge um, like translated Japanese making of article. They did so many things with that that you c- technically can't do. Like It's all just run on you know, magic, basically. It's all this ridiculous wizardry that they've done with the PS2 that you, you just shouldn't be able to do it. Right. And essentially what happens is that Fumito Ueda comes up and says, I want to be able to climb a giant monster. And then they just like basically invoke dark magic to make that happen. That's you, you really need to learn a little bit more about the game development process if well, the, that's how you think it works. The dude I was talking <laughs> with knows more than I do, and he was yeah. like, "This shit is like ridiculous. Like you shouldn't be able to do this." Yeah, but you can so, do it. Is, is the option? <laughs> there's no such thing as like you can't do it. It's very clever. But I know being I the know. thing. So Last Guardian, it might just have been like you know, I want this. I want this to happen. Make a giant cat bird. I want all this different gameplay mm. stuff to occur, and it might just not be technically possible for them to do. They might not have been able to figure out how to do it. And in that case, sometimes things just won't, don't work out. And maybe you gotta well kill it then. Yeah, Just say. maybe you gotta kill it. I, I God, I can't even remember it when I saw that trailer. It probably was five years ago or something or other. It was more than that, right? I think it was two thousand and seven or eight. Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's five years ago. Oh, so it is. Jesus, <laughs> man. So so TGS. I was hoping something like this might happen at TGS, but they've really got nothing left to announce. And also with the PS4 because it's so close now, not much left to announce. So I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing in Japan all week next week. No. Are there any kind of big Japanese kind of lead brands, like gaming brands that you'd like to see reinvigorated or announced over there? From Sony or from well, anyone? from anyone, really. I'd love to see another Parappa the Rapper. That would be great. Do people still care? Probably not. I do, though. Well, I, I think a percentage of people, like, I would like to see a Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, like a PSN downloadable like, Parappa why, the Rapper. Why? Awesome. Why not? Yeah, exactly. That would be really cool. Like, if you look at, think of all those original PS1 games... It's just so experimental with some of the stuff they were doing, like the, ribbon and everything. This is one of the things that uh, Shahid Ahmad Kamal, the guy who does the um, 
uh, like outreach for indies in the UK. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a really cool guy, and he was tweeting today like Sony's been doing indie before indie was called indie, like Parappa yeah. the Rapper, yeah, 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 Ribbon, yeah. Yeah. all this like crazy stuff that went on on the PS One. All these like weird games that happened on the PS Two. I loved the PS One and Two era because there yeah. was so much crazy Japanese shit, and that's kind of died out in this generation of game consoles. But that uh, surely a large part of that is because like the commercial success riding on stuff is just you know the stakes are much higher it's because yeah it's because it's become so much more expensive to make yeah. a game now you can't make a stupid little thing although you can now because you of PSN you know so again Thomas was alone you know one yeah. guy and all that kind of stuff I'm so. really hoping that the, the indie scene is kind of reinvigorated in the west I'm really hoping it kind of happens in Japan as well that would be great yeah. I'd love to see some more of that but J- J- Tokyo Game Show for years now has basically been like Idol games, Dynasty Warriors, things that hit really big with Japan, but that don't really matter particularly to is many it a public people. Public show, yeah. So I guess because PlayStation Four is not coming out there until next year, yeah, which is really surprising. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's for them more of a kind of a consumer-led thing, getting people to get on hands, get hands on with it. Are you? What, what Japanese games would you be into seeing? Oh gosh. Uh, honestly, I don't know. You've put me on the spot, uh, <laughs> and I can't think that quickly. Things like I'm not. I must admit, I'm not a huge Japanese game fan. Racist. Yep. Once. You, yep. <laughs> <laughs> once you get out of like Final Fantasy and stuff, which I have little interest in. Yeah. Then there's not that much left. Well, and, and, in terms and of Japanese, I would say games. a lot of the it's obviously Nintendo franchises yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. lead the way there. But I, I'm, I can't even think of like, something on. It would have probably been PlayStation 1 era, but yeah. well, Metal Gear and stuff like that, really. But again, it's all happening. But you used to have like Team, team Eco. Like, yep. They used to make awesome stuff. Yep. They've not made anything in forever. For yep. the whole generation of consoles, they've not made anything. You used to have um, people like Kojima. I mean, there's Metal Gear Solid that's still going. Yeah. yeah. But again, the output's not been, not been well, enormous. Actually, been this is a good point. I was thinking this the other day, right? If you look at... Um, current gen one metal si- metal gear solid game on current gen that's it just about squeezed in two gta's but only just yeah um is that enough anymore I- well these games are only as good as they are because they have four or five years to be made you know in but, in a world where we're so used to you know year 18 month development cycles for things these games yeah. are rare but i would say again i haven't played uh, metal gear 5 yet but surely you know, they could have done something between Metal Gear 5 and Metal Gear 4. They did Peace Walker. Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that. But again, not enough, as good as that game is, not enough people will have played it because of the format it was on. It's like, if you look at all the, the Final Fantasy stuff that came out on uh, PSP and stuff like that, it's like, for me, that's just a waste of a good game because no matter how good it is, already you're looking at a niche market and you want to expand that and get get it in front of as many people as possible surely people can tell me Theat Rhythm Final Fantasy was awesome on the DS yeah which is like a rhythm game based around little chibi Final Fantasy characters but I never played it no that sounds it sounds pretty fun but again that like Star Wars it feels like a franchise that's been unless you really love it well it what, now that we're into Final Fantasy milked, 13 3 milked, it's getting a little milked. bit silly yeah apparently the new MMO is very good though 14 I'm, I'm sure it is but yeah. There are so many Final Fantasy games that unless you know what you're talking about, it's to me like an impenetrable wall and I'm mm. never ever going to get into it for that reason. And it might be great. Can I ask a question about a tangent, tangential question? Yes. About a Japanese franchise? Yes. Gatchaman, which is Battle of the Planets. Right. Battle of the Planets fan? Uh, well, a long time ago, the cartoon. 
So I just noticed that I'm off to a film festival next week. They've made a live-action Battle of the Planets movie. Really? The Japanese have that's no playing at Fantastic Fest. Should I review that when I'm out there? Just a yeah, word question, really. Probably. The some of the Battle of the Planets characters were in a fighting game, and I can't remember which one it was. Don't I think know. it was a Capcom one. Right. Uh, listeners, if you know what it is, then do get in touch. So I should review that one, should I? Yeah. Okay. Is it IGN? What's our new email address? IGN underscore, underscore UK, UK feedback. feedback at IGN.com. There you go. Sorry. It's really catchy. It is. Or, or, or Twitter and Facebook slash IGN UK. Anyway, we have got some feedback on that note. We got a lot, actually, because I don't think we did any last week. So we've got a fair bit. Um, I've started out with quite a fun one, actually. Um, this is from James Davis. And I'll read the whole thing because I liked it all. He says, I felt a bit nostalgic the other day to celebrate the release of GTA 5 five days away as I write this email. I decided to download podcast 110 from November 2011, entitled GTA Very Excited. It was the podcast which discussed the very first trailer for GTA 5, and it was very interesting hearing all your predictions (laughs) for the game, some which were correct, and some which were very off the mark. (laughs) What did we say? I want to know now. Well, yeah, James, tell us what we got wrong, and more importantly, who got it wrong. Um, (laughs) However, it was kind of sad listening to it, hearing how excited you all were about the game, and you didn't realise at the time you'd still have to wait just under two years for release. Kezra even speculated that the game might be released as early as May 2012. Sad times. <laughs> Hearing Sad your enthusiasm times. about the game all that time ago has reinforced my excitement. Now we are merely a few days away. Also, it was good to hear all the same voices two years in the past. I do remember the day it was announced and I was in a meeting. <laughs> and you just ran up to the meeting against yeah. the glass going like... Yeah. like oh I was God. extremely excited. Yeah. It was the biggest thing to happen in years. And then one of our... Uh, well, an ex-colleague of mine, competitor, who thrives himself on news... You know who I'm talking about. Yep. Was on a plane. <laughs> For the biggest <laughs> announcement in gaming history. It's just brilliant. And I do remember going up and literally just knocking on the bus, being yeah. like, never ever. This was before the next gen consoles kind of drained all of the enthusiasm and excitement. Like I've run out of excitement now. Yeah. There's been so much exciting things going on this year. I've, I've actually run out. That's been pretty crazy. Yeah. And all it was, if, if I remember rightly, it was just a logo, right? Yeah, it was GTA literally 5. a logo. That yeah. was it. I'm Great about, trailer. Oh. <laughs> Well, the trailer, well, I think, trailer was two weeks like, later. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think even later than that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I, when I went to uh, New York last October and I saw the game for the first time, and I think they'd done one trailer, maybe two, they were like, I think we've done too many uh, asset drops. That's what they were saying. And I'm like, you are kidding me. You've done two videos and that's it. They've done four altogether now. Yeah. Which Less is, is more, though. Yeah. I, I can, Especially in I trailers, completely agree. as I discussed with the director Roland Emmerich this week, yeah. who uh, we were talking about the fact that he did probably the greatest teaser in history, which was just a shot of the White House being blown up. None of the actors, no, none of the plot for Independence Day, just that one shot that played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it went down in history, that trailer did, really. Yeah. And uh, he was saying that people get it wrong these days by showing too much. And it's true, yeah. I so agree. many games give away everything before they come out. It's just crazy, so... Uh, I've got an email from James Lewis who says, um, uh, Tom or Dan's comments, he's not sure who, who made the comments, of his mate driving on the wrong side of the road after a heavy GTA session got him thinking, have you ever picked up any weird habits or ticks from playing games? He found himself whacking the buttons Booker DeWitt style with his fist when he gets into the lift at work, which makes him feel cool, but also probably gives him this distinct air of douchitude. <laughs> douchitude is a great word. word. Yes. Good work there. 
think you've got a second bit of feedback that's I have, in yes. that same universe. Um, I wrote in a while back saying I had the urge to pick lavender after spending too much time in Skyrim. Oh, God. That's Who's exactly this? why I hate Skyrim. Who's this? Matthew Stockton. Matthew Stockton. Uh, and he got ridiculed. Uh, I felt like IGN was Tony Stark and I was Mike from Neighbours stuck, stuck up on the roof. I don't understand. I, that. I had to read that a couple of times, but it's a quite a good Iron Man 3 reference. Is it? Yeah, because Mike from Neighbours, Guy Pearce is... Yes. Yes. Right. So, I, I, God, I, I didn't realise it was Mike from Neighbours. If, if it had said Guy Pearce, I would have got that. Right. <laughs> gotcha. Um, imagine my surprise uh, when on the latest podcast, Alex admitted to playing uh, GTA way too much and I considered carjacking, which is absolutely true. And illegal. <laughs> yes. I didn't actually do it. Just saying. It's true uh, that when you walk out after five or six or ten hours of GCA, you just walk out into the street and it's like, oh, this looks a bit like GCA because, you know, you're in a city. Yeah. And you just think, could just put my elbow through that. But, but it, just, it just makes real life quite boring because you just think, oh, look at that big building up there. Wouldn't it be great to climb it and then jump off it with a parachute? <laughs> you can't. Well, you can, but I'm not, I'm not going to. Uh, but that also, I would say it's not exclusive to GTA because I remember when Tetris was on Game Boy, which is obviously a long time ago. Oh yeah, I played it so much that all I dreamt about were little blocks falling. Yeah, and Tetris is weird. Tetris is like a, a phenomenon. Like you walk into a room and you yeah. start thinking about how all of them would stack up into nice blocks. Yeah, all the objects in it would stack into nice yeah. blocks. I picked up um, from Dragon's Dogma, oddly, which I spent a long time with earlier this year. I was in France on holiday recently, and it was like um, Provence. And it looks a lot like Dragon's Dogma because it's like medieval French villages on the tops of mountains and like vineyards and wilderness. There's basically nothing there. It's all totally rural. Yeah. So I was kind of out exploring with friends and I kept kind of standing still and like turning around to look at the view in the way that you'd pan the camera in like, a, in like an adventure game. I suppose really what I'm doing is imitating the thing that adventure games are imitating. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I did, I did notice that comparison. Did you turn on the spot and walk really awkwardly <laughs> with bad <laughs> yeah, animation? I did a ridic- <laughs> ridiculous animation. <laughs> I have some feedback from Stuart Doig. Um, howdy, casters. I'm new, to your pod- 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 blah, blah. I'm new to your podcast, having only started listening about six weeks ago, and I'm most likely in your senior age range of listeners. I'm 37. Yay. A youngin. Older than me and younger than Alex. You had a discussion about the best Less-wise. sci-fi films. <laughs> You had a discussion about the best sci-fi films. I'd like to toss my hat into the ring with John Carpenter's The Thing, which is a truly terrifying movie with the absolute best special effects ever to be put onto celluloid. Yeah, pretty amazing. A classic. If I had to choose a second film, it would be Killer Clowns from Outer Space. In space, no one can eat ice cream. It's utter guff, and I love it. I've never seen it. I don't know what that is. It sounds good, though. Yep, The Thing's great. But is it sci-fi or is it horror? What list do you put it in? Is it horror or is it sci-fi? It's confusing. Well, it's aliens, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's like a it's just like the crew being stalked. It's like Alien, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But on Earth or Alaska? Is it Alaska? Something yeah. like that. Something like that. Yeah. You yeah. know that film that was about the Nazis colonizing the moon? Yeah. Was that any good in the end? I didn't see it because I knew from the trailer it would be very good. <laughs> Iron it's like, Sky. Oh, isn't this funny? Yeah, it's it it's is, not that good. The joke wears off. However, well, as soon as I heard that Sarah Palin someone played Sarah Palin in it and she's the president I was like yeah this is going to be rubbish of course it's going to be rubbish yeah it was a shame I watched Dead Snow which was the Nazi zombies in the Alps that yeah. was really good it's good and I've become friends with the guys that made that really they're shooting Dead Snow 2 at the moment uh, they're shooting it in English and in is it Finnish I think was it Finnish or was it Swedish I can't remember, I can't remember. what nationality but it's going to be great I think they've got some good actors in it and I think they're going to take it to the next level awesome Dead Snow's the next Fast and Furious great <laughs> um, 
Uh, I've got a question about a trade-up scheme for Xbox 360 games to Xbox One versions. Well, I don't, but Mark Davison does. Xbox uh, 360 to Xbox One. I thought it was PlayStation that did that scheme. Well, it's retailer-specific, Kesa McDonald. Oh, I see. Yes. How exciting. <laughs> Uh, well, so his question, really. uh, is it a limited time offer? And if so, for how long? Is it just early adopters that can pick up the game, uh, sorry, pick up the day one editions or will it run a bit longer? Basically ask the same questions in about five different ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as I was saying, so it's retailer specific. So I know that game is offering um, uh, different offers for FIFA and I know that they're working with EA on that. So, it, But it really is down to that specific retailer. So uh, unfortunately there is no hard and fast answer. I would have thought you're probably looking at maybe six months, the, the initial launch batch of games that are going to appear on both. But when you start kind of getting games that are specifically, like, for example, it's not going to happen in a year's time with FIFA 2015. Is that the next one? You won't get it for that. Mm. I'm pretty sure you won't get it for that. Yeah. It's only to kind of sweeten uh, the kind of transition from one to the other. Although I, I, did, I did like it at the press conference where they're like, we've got a solution if you're not sure whether to buy on current gen or next gen. Buy both. It's like, brilliant. That's <laughs> a great solution. Thanks, EA. We all have but infinite money. A tenner, that's not a bad upgrade price, right? I think that's pretty good. And it's in line with what the PS4 upgrades are going to cost. What I don't know is, is what happens to your old copy of the game, whether you trade it in and you get the new one or you keep both or I don't know. don't know. So I have more from, I have more feedback from Bruno Spatola, who says, as the current generation comes to a close and the spangly new consoles creep closer to our living rooms, I was wondering if you guys would care to recollect and talk about your standout games of the last eight years and how this generation stangs, stangs up, stacks up against gaming's past. For me, it ranks as the worst. Hmm. Interesting. But with titles like Bioshock, Mirror's Edge, Dark Souls, Mass Effect, Uncharted 2, The Elder Scrolls 4, Journey, Portal 2, Limbo, Nino Kuni and Hotline Miami, I'm not really complaining. I think that there is a greater deal of expectation on modern games compared to what it was like PS2, PS1. Oh, yeah. If a PS2 game was basically competent, it was instantly yeah. a 7 out of 10, wasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Whereas now, like, you look at the production values that have got to be associated with it, and you know, it's, I would hate to be a game developer. I really would. Um, because the amount of time and effort that, that, again, using GTA as an example, that is a landmark title mm. because it's doing stuff that you haven't seen before. But, God, you know, everything else gets kicked so easily, even if it's actually quite a good game. Whereas I think, yeah, eight years ago, ten years ago, people were a lot kind of softer on it. There have been so many extraordinary games in this generation, but the thing is, it's kind of like we've had two generations within this one. Mm. Because, for instance, the difference between GTA 4 and GTA 5 is huge. Yep. And the difference between, like, Uncharted 1 and Uncharted 3 is enormous. Again, the difference between, like, Oblivion... And Skyrim, huge. Yeah. So we've kind of had two runs. There is Everyone's been a had much two bigger goes. evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just iteration. It's yeah. Like people, way. people got the best out of the PS2. Yeah. Like quite, quite a lot faster. Yeah. Whereas with, with these consoles, it's taken people maybe five, six years to to really get the hang. Yeah. I mean, something like Assassin's Creed Three last year. Um, for, for for all its you know faults, it was extraordinary technically. Like yeah. you looked at it and you thought, "Wow, this is just amazing." They yeah. couldn't have done that with Assassin's Creed One or Two. Well, that's uh, and I know we've said this before about like GTA being as good in many respects as next gen, which I think is true. And I think it will take a while for people to become that competent with next gen to make that stuff look significantly better than it does currently. Like just again, the water effects in GTA are astonishing. Like when you're just kind of like treading water 
and like the way the, the waves kind of wash around you it's like this looks amazing yeah, it's really really impressive like now and then when, when oh, I can't really say it when, now yeah. and then when you're when you're playing it at preview stage or whenever when you're playing it you just kind of look around and go holy <laughs> yeah it's the kind of thing you didn't think was possible yeah it's the kind of thing I imagined being possible yeah. when I was playing Grand Theft Auto 3 you know and, and as you say there is a marked difference from what GTA 4 was yeah huge, and, huge and that, difference that at the time was like impressive so oh it still is you yeah. go back now and I mean like, well when you compare the two it doesn't look all that yeah. great but then when you you go back blind and you look yeah. at it and you're just like wow it yeah. looks living i think um bruno's also hit on something here um the games of the generation is something that we're thinking about doing we a huge top 100 list on yeah look out for that so in keep the your eye months. out it'll yeah. probably be after this last spat yeah. of games that are over this generation i've got an email from kevin jackson who says uh, i wanted to help out graham smith who wrote in about owning a ps4 and ps3 to play the exclusives yeah Does anyone remember this uh, well, I think he was uh, asking whether he should buy a, if I remember rightly, uh, whether he should buy, he doesn't own a PS3 at the minute. Yeah. Should we right. go and buy one to, to mop up all the PS3 exclusives or go straight for PS4? Okay, well, um, Kevin's got some, some advice. Because I've seen a deal at game where you can get a pre-owned 160 gig PS3 in Arkham City for £99. Good price. You've probably played that already, but whenever I buy a bundle, I've always talked to my local game staff and got the game changed to something of the same value. Maybe you can do the same. Last I know of it's, Us. Sorry, go on. Last of Us. Last of Us. Got to play Last of Us. I, says, I know it's still a cost, but maybe an affordable one. And he also says, P.S., just before Christmas, the IGN UK team wished me a happy birthday and I didn't say thank you. So thank you so much. You made my day. Just before Christmas. Yeah. Wow. That's so really happy a birthday well this Christmas. Say, <laughs> coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guys in the next one in early. But yeah, that's good <laughs> advice. That's good advice. So um, hope there, there are a lot of great PS3 exclusives that you should definitely check out if you haven't. Um, but I think what we originally said as well is that probably at some point those games will become available on PS4 through Geico or whatever. Uh, Harry Locke says after seeing all the actors put forward to play Lex Luthor purely because they are bald I couldn't help but think that nobody has put forward Matt Lucas we're going to end on that we don't really need to give any more feedback on that so uh, what's out this week Chris in the movie field well for top? once I've seen all four of the major movies coming out this week mm. uh, so we have should I do them in order worst to best go on then um, oh I don't know what's worst well, there's a movie called 42 coming out, uh, which is all about bloody hell, what's he called? Jackie, who is the first African-American baseball player? Jackie Robinson, is it? I, I, no I don't know much about baseball. <laughs> anyway, it's a good little sporting biopic, uh, but I think you can wait for the DVD of that one. Um, White House Down is out, which everyone has roundly mocked, but I quite enjoyed. It's a really dumb uh, action movie with the same plot as Olympus Has Fallen. Um, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. And if you want to switch your brain off and just laugh at an action film. Um, Insidious 2 is out, which isn't as scary as the first one, but is a bit more fun. It's kind of like a cross between a hardcore horror film and Scooby-Doo. Wow. There is some ghost busting in it. Okay. Um, so that's worth checking out. And Rush is out this week, which is really good. Yeah, I really want to see that. We've had a lot of content on the site, but that's um, a sporting biopic about the 1976 Formula One season that was uh, fought between Nicky Lauda and um, James Hunt. And it was an amazing uh, Formula One season, and it's a really good movie. Like, we don't get too many good sports movies these days, but this is well worth checking out. And we've got loads on the site around it as well, if you want to find out more. Uh, Also out this week in games, Kingdom Hearts HD. Yup, 1.5 HD remix. Yep, yep, yep. And that includes two games that have never come out over here. 
Does it? Yes. Huh. Did not know that. Um, but unfortunately, Luke is our Kingdom Hearts expert. He's not here. I've played Kingdom Hearts a lot, but I didn't really? know that I'm going to be picking up Kingdom Hearts HD Remix. It's, uh, again, this is a real pleb talking about this. Me. Uh, but as far as more, it's two versions of the game coming out that haven't been out here before. Cool. Uh, also, Puppeteer. Puppeteer is a really interesting game. Mm. It's one of the most, like, it's one of the artistic achievements of the whole generation, I think. Yeah. It looks amazing. It's really, really, but really unique. the fact it's coming out this week, it hasn't been much of a song and dance. Yeah, it's a wee shame, I think. Also, mm. it's, it's proved, like, a lot of people really love it, but some people are just like, yeah, it's very pretty, but it's also not that great. So mm. it's proved quite divisive. See, I felt that way a little bit about uh, Little Big Planet. Did you? Mm. Oh, interesting. I, it's that whole thing of like, and I know actually Little Big Planet 2 was better, but the, the intro uh, to Little Big Planet 1 with Stephen Fry was great. And then the game started, I was like, mm, I think unless you, re- unless you really engage with the making yeah. stuff element of Little Big Planet, it's, it's just a kind of okay platformer. It's my whole point is that I'm not a game designer. I want somebody else to make a good game for me rather than like, here, you go and make it. It's like, <laughs> stop being so lazy. And then obviously GTA is out next week, but yeah, I don't really Tuesday. know much about that game. So no. there's no point talking about it, I guess. I'd, I think that everybody's just running scared of GTA. Nothing, nothing's coming out. Pro, Pro Evo is out next week. Is it? Yes. That's unwise. Um, and again, you know, there's... It's not a direct competitor, but surely people are going to spend their money on that. What do you do, though? You can't avoid it. FIFA is out two weeks later. You've got to get... Unless you try and get it out there before. But either way, if it was coming out this Friday, people are still talking about GTA, GTA, GTA. Yeah. That's it. I, don't, so. I, don't, I think that most people will probably find a bit of extra money for video games at the end of this year. Hmm. That's the only thing that can happen. Can you do counter-programming in video games? Like... They'll release a chick flick the week that some dumb action movie comes out so that they can kind of, well, counter-program against it. The, the problem is, if, you're, if, they're, if it's 40 quid, you know, you, you normally you, you have to buy one or the other. Yeah. I think games, games marketers also see the gaming audience as quite homogenous. Well, so if, if you're going to buy FIFA, you will also buy GTA, which is not necessarily true. Yeah. So, you know... They, GT, they, GTA is kind of... it's. Bisexual, isn't it? <laughs> it's <laughs> unique. Maybe women will be buying that, whereas it will be generally be men buying Pez. Probably, yeah. The, the thing about um, gaming is that it's still seen as like the gaming audience, like we're all the same. But now there's such a vast mm. kind of difference in taste. And like me and Alex basically play none of the same games, but we're both going to no. be playing GTA. Yeah. Mm. So it's one of those games that everybody's going to buy. Yeah. So, yeah. Look you forward to it, everybody. Join us. Read a review on Monday. UK Bruisers. Yeah. That'll be our crew name. And Read a we'll review on Monday. Rolling the roost. See how good it is. So, uh, well, that's it for this week's podcast because I am indeed going to go and disappear and play GTA 5. Ha ha ha. <laughs> no, uh, I'm not, unfortunately. Uh, but I will be this weekend. So, hopefully, it will be as good as you say it is, Keza. Even though you haven't said it's good. I haven't said it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stop talking about it now. Let's stop talking about it. So, until next week. Well, we have, very much. Don't we have something for we next week? We do. You're right. We do. So, uh, next week, we've got a very special event happening in our our office in London and it is the first chance to play Xbox One so uh, details are up on the site right now and also on our Facebook and Twitter pages but yeah we are well two things we're inviting 
uh, a dozen or so people into the office early first to record uh, the long-awaited Podcast 200. Because from I, I believe this is Podcast 199.5. Well, <laughs> After I'm, a number of specials. I'm really gutted to be missing Podcast 200 because yeah. I'm in Japan. So I'm really sorry about that. It makes me feel really, really sad. So the plan is, is yeah, we'll get a dozen people in uh, early and they can uh, get their hands on Xbox One and then we'll record the podcast and then we'll open up our doors to a few more people later on. So yeah, check out the site. Details on how to get tickets are there. So hopefully see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.